Hi, and welcome to Wasted Takes, episode six. Uh, I'm Trey. I'm joined, as always, by Dylan, Tucker, and Cam. What's going on, guys? Howdy. It's Monday. Long day. Um, We're going to start the podcast on a bit of a somber note. Um, It's impossible to talk about sports right now without talking about the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gigi. Um, So... Uh, we're just kind of kind of go around and talk about our favorite uh, Kobe moments and what we, we liked about Kobe as a, both a player and just a behemoth in basketball and in sport in general. Um, so I'll just start off. Um, Kobe was a real competitor that you don't really see anymore. I think that's what I respected most about him as a player. Um, nowadays, the league is a lot of, you know, friends and I understand how that goes, but Kobe, when he was out there, he was out there to beat you in basketball. And uh, that's why I respected him. I'd never liked him much as a player, just being a Celtics fan and, you know, seeing them beat the Celtics in the finals and stuff like that. But um, I definitely respected him and I, and I feared him. I remember watching that game seven about uh, the Celtics and the Lakers and seeing him just kind of take over and uh, come back and win the game. Um, I mean, the man's leaving a huge legacy. I mean... Everybody knows that when you throw anything away or throw something, you got to yell Kobe. And I hope that continues. Uh, but um, I just want to say that uh, I was really sad to lose a player, an all-time great player. But I was really heartbroken to see uh, Kobe the father go and Kobe the man. Uh, when I really started to like him was after his career ended. Um, I, I remember I retweeted a video of him and his daughter at a game and him kind of just talking to her, coaching her through it. And it really it broke my heart. And um, it would have been amazing to see the legacy she made. Um also, just want to acknowledge the seven other people and the seven other families that have been, uh, you know, impacted by this tragedy. It's so sad. Um, so just saying my favorite Kobe moment. The only time I really ever rooted for Kobe on the court was I remember uh, being a freshman in college and watching his last game and watching that 60 uh, point performance he put up and just seeing himself will himself, you know, will himself to be like the young Kobe. Um, he took a ton of shots, but uh, just to see him kind of do that and bring the Lakers back and win the game. Um, it was amazing. It's the only time I actively rooted for him, and it was a near-perfect ending to a near-perfect career. So uh, that's what I got to say on it. Cam, what do you, what do you have on Kobe? Um, far and beyond, the first thing that came to my mind when thinking of Kobe Bryant, legendary moment, like eight years ago, it was Matt Barnes taking the inbound, and Kobe's defending, and he's he's not even really defending. He's just looking the dude in the eye. And he pump fakes and gets about an inch from his nose, and he doesn't even move. I don't even think he blinked. He just kept staring him down, and that's when you know that he, he was, he's just a bad man, and he's so locked in and focused. And it's it's sad, and I was on the verge of tears uh, yesterday when I heard about it, especially about the loss of his family and the other you know, young children and their parents on, on the helicopter. Um, but, yeah, Kobe made a – made an impact on the game he he's this is far beyond the most impactful sports death probably celebrity in my life um he's the guy you know he's a guy that we watched from the moment we were born he was in the league playing and we got to watch his entire career which is something that you know we can only say for a certain amount of people um he's you know comparable to Michael Jordan in the sense that he just took over games and he wasn't the biggest dude out there by any means, but he could do it all. He could shoot, he could drive, he could scare people. And 
he was very young and what he was doing after he retired. It's almost as if he never even retired. You still heard about him every day, what he was doing um, charity-wise, being a director of a movie, winning a – he won a Grammy, right? Oh, he won an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, Oscar. Well, that's what I meant, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really sad, but that moment, that moment sticks out to me the most. He was just, he was a bad dude and he's going to be missed. It's an all time gift too. Great gift. Um, <laughs> Tucker, what do you have on Kobe? Yeah. So my top Kobe moment, I think this one just epitomized his toughness. It was near the end of his career and mm-hmm. tore his Achilles on the play. And then instead of like going down, getting taken out on a stretcher like other players most likely would with such a like gruesome injury that's like for a lot of people career ending he went to the line sank both free throws and then walked to the walked to the locker room i mean i i don't think there's ever been a guy that just was so tough in those type of situations and was just he was just a different level of competitor and regardless of the sport you play, you I like you that's what you strive to be. You wanted to be like Kobe. The Mamba mentality was just something that any athlete in any sport looked up to. Dylan. Yeah, um <clears throat> Kobe was such a phenomenal athlete and it's such a hard nosed competitor, like you guys have said. And it brings me back to when I was in college. We would often have meetings as teams talking about goal setting and how to improve production, how to never be settled with how good that you are. And one name that always came up when we would talk about this stuff was Kobe. And we would read you know, things that he said about how we trained and just look at his philosophy when it came to you know, his workouts and whatnot. And it was something that I definitely thought about, like, wow, that guy knew how to do it. And it was something that I kind of tried to emulate. I mean, yeah, so that we're not going to talk about it too much just because it's already been so covered and such a sad subject. Um, So here's the Kobe. Uh, Cheers to you, sir. Um, What a life, what a career, what a legacy you're leaving. And, uh, I think I can speak for all of us when I say condolences to all the families and our uh, thoughts and prayers are with them. So let's get into the show. Um, so we had our forbidden topic, first time on Instagram ever, and uh, one of the answers written in was baseball. So every time we're talking baseball, we're drinking. So get ready for that. And I think that Tucker might need a few beers during his uh, wasted take. Go Sox. But, <laughs> but um, all right, so our, our winners and losers – so our losers, clearly people didn't agree with me on my wide receiver take. Uh, I came in third on our poll on Twitter. Um, I, I really – I, I thought I was going to come in third just because Tucker's never played the game, but it was kind of sad, and I need, I need some respect on Tupic's name. But anyways, um, we said that Jarvis making the Pro Bowl was dumb, but he went nuts in dodgeball. That was probably the oh highlight of the weekend. It was the best part of the Pro Bowl, I'd say. I mean, he had two balls in his hand, and he threw them aside and then made, like, a full extension grab. It was so sick. Um, and then um, going off of that, some of the skill events I watched were actually pretty cool, like dodgeball, like the uh, gauntlet they run. So I like some of the uh, some of the events in, in uh, the Pro Bowl skill challenge. Were those new, or was that – They've been doing them for a few years now. I personally enjoyed the precision passing challenge. I think it really exemplified – how elite some of these QBs are. How how uh, much did Lamar score on that competition, Tucker? Lamar uh, scored just a little, 
about three times less than Devontae Adams and Alan, Adam Thielen. Um, wasn't really competitive with the QBs, uh, but you know what? When you have a running back back there competing with those actual QBs, it's tough. So maybe we should slot into our winners, uh, Lamar being a bad QB. Yeah, well, he's he was the MVP of the Pro Bowl, wasn't he? And I think games speak louder than silly throwing competitions. So. I mean, one just showed his passing ability. So in our yeah. in our winners, we have that. I don't know who the MVP was because I don't care. I didn't care about the Pro Bowl at all. Obviously, with the news yesterday, that impacted it. But I don't. I wouldn't have watched it anyways. I think I watched the first five minutes and then I was like, okay, I'm done with this. So that goes in our winners. Nobody cared about the Pro Bowl. Um, and then um, for our Twitter polls, our take of the week was me having Mahomes at uh, four Super Bowls. Cam came in second with Cincinnati. Which is a much hotter take. Mine's a pretty safe take, I'd say. I like it. Um, and then, of course, Dylan, Dylan getting our best shot out of the Ways of Takers and making it to some sort of league as a kicker. Um, I think we all expected that one. That was the right answer to the poll. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> so you're going to get out there and uh, strap the shoes on, get a little kicking in now that you got the uh, the audience behind you? No. <laughs> I don't see, well, I don't see why not, Dylan. I mean... Let's make a name for ourselves here. You won the poll. I just show up with a wasted take. Let's just make it. Let's just make it happen. Why don't you reach out to somebody? Take a stretch. What's the harm? Where's the nearest arena football league? It's the uh, Albany, New England Pirates. I know is a team, or the Massachusetts Pirates is a team. There used to be a team. I don't know where they are. Probably there probably is a team in Albany. But um, so those are our winners and our losers. So let's jump into wasted take takes. Tucker, I want you to lead off because yours is a pretty hot take, and you're probably gonna have to drink a little bit on this one, huh? All right, yeah, I'm happy to drink, happy to tell everyone. And my ways to take is that all to all the people complaining about Derek Jeter not being a unanimous Hall of Famer, the man has no right to be a unanimous Hall of Famer. He's not in the he's an average Hall of Famer based on statistics. He was a decent slap ball hitter that in a bad fielding. Tucker, the only he reason has, that he's, everyone he's sixth all time so in hits. much was because he would played for knee. I knew 3,600 3, hits. Because the only reason I liked him because he played for the New York Yankees and he had a pretty face. He was a defensive liability. Liability, uh, he says. One stat, um, defensive run saved between the years of 2003 to 2013. Derek Jeter had a defensive run saved of minus 152. Do you know where that places him amongst all players in the MLB? Dylan? Uh, Tucker said something like, last. <laughs> last. <laughs> and 60 runs worse. The next worst was Hanley Ramirez at 92. All right, okay, well, so there was no one even close to his bat. He was a defensive liability. He did play a long so, time at the position, though. Oh. It doesn't matter. He was, he was a, not even the best player on the Yankees for the majority of his career. I mean, and then all, everyone's saying that he should be a unanimous Hall of Famer. Absolutely ridiculous. He was, an, he was a good base hit hitter, no power, and a bad fielder. There's no reason why anyone should be complaining about him being not being a unanimous Hall of Famer. Dylan, I'll, I'll let you rebuttal first because baseball is your thing. Oh, well, it looks like I'm drinking. <laughs> Tucker, too. So, Tucker, you are so wrong on, like, I don't even know how many reasons why. It's a lot. You Please tell me. You don't understand how much of a pioneer in hitting Derek Jeter was. It was him 
and Tony Gwynn, which is right at the beginning of his career, they were the first ones to really think inside the baseball, and that's part of the reason why you consider him a slap hitter, a slap <laughs> hitter that hit, like I said, 3,600 base hits, puts him sixth all time. He also had like something like 1,400 RBIs, 1,300 runs. The guy was insane when you look at the stats. And if you talk about his offensive stats, I know you're, there's a, a reason to believe that he wasn't a good defense defender, and that's true, but you also have to remember that shortstop is the hardest position, fielding-wise, in baseball. If you look at those stats that you were talking about, if you just change the metrics and factor in the position of the player in that poll, he's like middle of the pack. He's not last. No, no, yes. he's not middle yes. of the pack because you, he was last among all shortstops. I don't understand how you can say he's middle in the pack if you factor in the fact that he was a shortstop because he was last among all shortstops. Let me jump in here because I kind of agree with Tucker that the stats aren't there for him to be a unanimous Hall of Famer. Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer, but I think the big thing with him is the mystique. Um, he's a first of all, he's a multiple. What he has five rings, I think, five time most, champion, most rings, the most and he rings. He was the best t- player on his team for any of those rings. He was the captain, though. The captain of the Yankees is like, um, I think that's why people want it to be unanimous because captain of the Yankees is like you're you're the king of New York, you're the king of baseball, and I I like Derek Jeter. He played the game right. He was respectful. He didn't get into any trouble really. He was never like cheating or anything. It seemed like he was what epitomizes baseball. So I think that's part of it. Cam, let's get the Yankee fans' perspective on Jeter being a Hall of Famer. Well, I'm not going to be drinking because I don't have any drink. But um, Why would you ruin the mystique of the show like that? I'm sorry, guys. Fake drink. (laughs) Um, I honestly don't really think he should have been a unanimous Hall of Famer either. Thank you. Coming Um, from a Yankees fan. Um, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. He's definitely one of the best winners in MLB history. He's the best, one of the best leaders in MLB history. One of the best offensive players, hits wise, in MLB history. 310 career batting average. Um, defensively, here's what I say about that. It's the eye test. Okay. When you watch Derek Jeter play, you don't watch him make errors like, oh, Derek Jeter made another error. Oh, there's another error by Derek Jeter. We didn't talk about it all the time. We watched him make crazy jumping, throwing backhand plays. Similar to the Kobe thing where if you make a, if you make a jumping throw like that, everybody yells, Jeter. Yeah, exactly. It's the odd test. And he won. He was a winner. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have been unanimous. Honestly, I think I'd rather him lose by more than one vote than just one. It's kind of a slap in the face. But um, Imagine being that guy. People are too quick to just be like, oh, my God, why are you – I was like, dude, just he's in the Hall of Fame. What's the difference? Like Mariano Rivera is the only one to ever get it. I'm sure – was Ken Griffey's the other one that everyone nope. complains about? Yeah. Just no, give no, up. No. Like who cares? You're in the Hall and of then, Fame. You're in the Hall of Fame. You think Jeter cares? Jeter doesn't care. That's why he's the legend. That's why he's the captain. He doesn't care about that stuff. It's the – Bum Yankees fans that do. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest shortstops of all time. That's if, it. If Ken Griffey wasn't unanimous, there was no reason Jeter could have ever been unanimous. So who should be unanimous, Tucker? Because you told me this earlier. Uh, I'm not going to say unanimous. I've come back on that tape 
But Barry Bonds should 100 be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> the unanimous take was ridiculous because he cheated I, I so hard. I on that. He I, should I, be I in the Hall. I upset in the moment. I was saying that he's a better player than Jeter ever was, which is true. He's the best hitter of all time, and he should be in the Hall of Fame. And the MLB writers suck for not putting him in there. I but th- maybe not unanimous because I, I can understand the whole steroids era thing. I think the Barry Bonds, uh, like his rating, has actually been increasing the past few years in in the the writers. People are coming around because that was I'm the era of baseball. To, to, get, to, get, to get to get to get into the Hall of Fame, you need seventy five percent, and he had seventy. This all I know like, is I listened to like Tony Maserati, who's just like the most big stickler about baseball. Like he was saying, "Yeah, it sucks this fall," um, and he was like, "No, I'm not voting for him." Blah blah blah. So I think it's it's the times are changing where people are realizing that was an error in baseball. Like that's what everybody was doing. No, it's, so. You talk to any players that were around in the era that like don't care about their image, and they just say, "Yeah, ninety five percent of the players were taking steroids." So yeah, I, like yeah, he got caught though, so that's what makes him different. I mean, this is a guy they that all <laughs> bases loaded. I have now finished my beer on this topic. <laughs> yeah, we got a. That's a guy that bases. There was a game where the bases were loaded and they walked him, intentionally walked him, because they'd rather give up one run than let him back. That's insane. This guy is a whole different animal. All right, so we'll hear from the people on this. I I hope we trigger some Yankee fans because I'd love to see those responses. But, um, Cam, let's get your wasted tape. Yeah, so mine kind of just came to me as we were coming coming, uh, setting up the show. I had one originally. One, another similar to my last week's take about quarterbacks in the uh, coming into the draft. You can always save I'm that just, for closer to the draft. Yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to save those, especially if they go south on me in the meantime. Um, so here's my take, and it is it is out there. I'll, I'll tell you that. But I think that the closest player that we get to see in our lifetime come close to Kobe Bryant again will be Trey Young. Um, Trey Young was among one of the most emotional people, current players in the, in the league regarding Kobe's death. They worked out a lot over the summer. Um, he's become a much better player this year. His results are proven. Um, he took the loss hard. He was the only one to change his Jersey number yesterday, I think, to commemorate him. Um, put up an insane stat line. Uh, 45 points with a double-double, uh, triple-double? Double-double. Double-double. Did you see he was the, um, first person to do that since yeah, Kobe? against, against whoever they played, against Kobe. Um, the reason I, I actually ch- changed my take to this, is kind of a silly reason. Um, when I was, I was looking at the, at the Kobe not flinching video, and I came across a video underneath it, and it says, did Trey Young have the best non-flinch since Kobe Bryant? And I was like, what? And I watched a video of Trey Young on the bench, and their coach was getting heated, and he slammed down the clipboard and took a trash can and threw it. And it, just like Kobe Bryant, just about skimmed his nose, and he did not move. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe Kobe Bryant just instilled literally as every aspect that he knew – into this kid, um, I don't know. I like Trey Young a lot. I think the amount of emotion that he showed on the loss shows that he's he's going to use this as as fuel. 
and I'm excited to see what he can do. So I'm going to disagree with you here just because I think they're a different type of player. I mean, Trey Young's a point guard. Um, yeah. He's, he's coming down. He's looking for – I feel like he's looking for passes more. One of the big slights on Kobe was that he didn't pass enough. I feel like Trey Young's more of a passer. I feel like he's more of a, a point guard. I haven't watched him play a ton, but um, I feel like he's more of a point guard than, than – uh, you know, he plays more of his position than Kobe did. Kobe could have played, I mean, any guard position really, um, even small forward. So um, – it's it's just I I don't I don't know if they're the same caliber player I don't know if there's a caliber player like Kobe that I can spot in the young young group I know that um, Jason Tatum of the Celtics was trying to try, try kind of trying to change his game to what Kobe was doing because they were working out together a lot uh, two summers ago and it really wasn't working for him he had his second year he had, he, went, he went down because he was taking more of those turnaround mid range jumpers that Kobe was so famous for and uh, this year he's kind of stepped away from that. Um, and I think it's better for his game, but I, I I don't know right now. I just don't see Trey Young being the same type of player. Tucker, I mean, I really like him as I think that in terms of his scoring ability and like opening up his own options to score, I think he's similar to Kobe. I mean, I'm not gonna say he's gonna be the next Kobe because I don't think anyone's gonna be able to do what he does. I think the league's changed a lot, and you see those like mid ranges shots a lot less, and you're seeing more three pointers. So. I don't think we're going to find a perfect replica for Kobe ever again. But, I mean, in terms of – I mean, he molded his game after Kobe. It sounds like Kobe seems like uh, to be his idol. And, I mean, I'd love to see it. I think that he's probably one of the best candidates to be most similar to Kobe. Now, Dill, I don't. I know you don't love basketball, so you don't watch a ton. But, yeah, uh, you know anything about Trey Young? No. No. Well, was he, is he good? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's one of the good young point guards in the league. What team is he? He's on the Hawks, so I'm not surprised you haven't heard much about him because they've always kind of been nothing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, may, maybe. I mean, he's got the motivation to do it, clearly. I, his his half-court shot was dope yesterday. That was such a cool moment where he just hit the half-court shot and, like, put his arms out. So um, I'll jump into my ways to take. Um, <laughs> this is going to get some hate. Um, it's kind of a weak take, but here we go. I'll tell you what, being a Patriots fan is the hardest thing to do in sports, in being a sports fan. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'll tell you why. Sitting back and watching these playoffs has been so relaxing. Like, usually at this time of year, I'm tense. I'm angry. Like, I'm shouting at my family. They all hate me. They don't want to talk to me. I'm so, like, I have to play the matchups on on uh, the, of the games on Madden, like, 100 times just to make sure that, like, I know the other team, like, hands down. Um, I have to plan, you know, trips to the Super Bowl send-off, and I have to plan my parade uh, activities. Um, and to have your not not have your team in it like 75% of the time, like I do, it's so stressful. Like it's so nice to just get a year off. Like you know, we lost, big deal. Like we'll, we'll win another one some point. Like I'm just relaxed. Like listen, the Patriots take the most hate in the media of any NFL team. People are always coming at our necks. I have to argue with people so much. And to have the Patriots not in it, I don't have to sit here and argue. I don't have to sweat for two weeks thinking about the Super Bowl because that's what I always do. I sit there and I stew and I just get nervous. All the Patriots championship games have been extremely close, and it's just taken years off my life. I'm sure of it. I'm sure that I will die a much younger man because the Patriots have killed me. So it's nice to have a year off, and this is the ultimate spin zone for me. It's that being a Patriots fan is hard, and now I have to have a year off. Anyone agree with me? Absolutely, Trey. I mean, it's relaxing. It's relaxing to have one year 
that we just get off from it. It's a nice thing to have. It just makes it better for next year when we're back. And I can't wait because losing like that is just the perfect start to next season's Super Bowl tape. Oh, it's a beautiful start to the DVD. And people <laughs> think being a Patriots fan is so easy because we win all the time. It's like, sure, your team doesn't ever win. Like, that's sad. But at least but you, you don't know have expectations. Exactly. You know your season's over in November and you don't have to worry about it. So we have to sit here and just think about every game and game plan and just like think, what is this guy doing? What is this guy doing? What do they bring to the table? And it's just hard. Okay. It's hard. You know, the Super Bowls are nice. Like, it's, it's much like being a player where Patriots, they say it's not fun to play for the Patriots. It's not fun until you win that trophy. That's the fun part. You know, that's when we have our fun. But, uh, Cam, what's your outside perspective on this, being a Giants fan? Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see this take crumble and fall when you have another 106-year drought like you did with the Red Sox. And you're going to be complaining that you're a Patriots 86 years, but fan there. So, whatever. The yeah, curse of you're going to be complaining a little more when you guys never make it. So, I'll just wait for this one to uh, work itself out. The curse of AB could be real. But, Cam, I just feel so, so like, I'm just, I feel like you right now. Because usually at this time of year, you're just sitting around. Like, your your quarterback that won you things, he's gone now. He's, he's walking away into the sunset. So, it, it must be nice to be you every year. Like, just to be, be relaxed and watch some good football. Well, you know what? It kind of is because, yeah, I get – like I said in a previous show, the Dylan said the NFL is on the right track. Um, I enjoy watching other teams as well. I have no problem when I know the Giants aren't great. I have no problem watching them lose. It's the years that they make the playoffs and lose that I get a little upset. doesn't happen often. If they make the playoffs, they usually win. Um, <laughs> so I've only really been mad a couple times in my career. If anything, I'd say I've had a pretty good life. Um, two two years in particular were pretty fun for me. I mean, the boat curse is on for you guys. You guys, the the boat curse is real. I'm um, excited for a new a new dynasty with the Giants. Um, I don't know about hiring all the coaches that got fired. I don't know if that's a great idea, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm with you, Cam, though. I think we both need NFL hats. We just need to wear those around. Yeah, Rob, blow it out. Yeah. yeah. So, Dylan, are you enjoying the nice, relaxed um, playoff that we're having right now in Massachusetts? I like watching the Pats win, obviously, but it is refreshing to see other teams. <laughs> see, that's not what it's situation. about for me. It's not. I hate every other team. They all suck. I hate them. It's just the fact that I don't have to sit here and worry about the Patriots every week. So that's nice. But, Dylan... Uh, we'll let you take it away with your wasted take. Okay, my wasted take is about football, so that's good. Um, not about baseball. Don't have to drink. Well, I just said it, so. All right, well. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win, and I'm going to tell you why. They had the opportunity to choose what jersey they wanted to wear. Oh, this is huge. I love this. <laughs> and they went with the home reds, and I'm telling you, red is a color of aggressiveness and murder and bloodshed and battle scars, and they're going to take it to the white pansies from San Francisco. I hate you know the city of like? San Francisco. They're all a bunch of pansies, and I like red. Red's a big, aggressive color, and Chiefs are going to win. Are you sure they're not green? Yeah. How do you know they're wearing red? The primary colors are good, so I know it's red. <laughs> it's st- it even It stands out even more. So tying this back to the Patriots, the Patriots, whenever they wear blue recently, they don't do well. So I'm glad they're I, – I usually like them to wear white. But, uh, yeah, no, red's my favorite color. Um, very similar Pantones, these two teams. 
I think their Pantone color is like one off from each other. So very similar. I would like to see, like I've said before, the Niners have beautiful uniforms. I love the the gold helmets on the red jerseys. Not so much like the white. Um, maybe the Niners should wear their black jerseys. That'd be kind of cool. They're wearing their whites. Yeah, I know. But gotta wear whites. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, I I love red. It's my favorite color. So uh, that's that could be an advantage that people aren't thinking about. You might need to look into some bets on that. Tucker, opinions on it? I love it. Um, as we speak, I just placed a bet on the uh, Chiefs because of that. <laughs> um, all right. So, segueing, it is Super Bowl week. We're here. Oh, okay. We've made it. I don't get to talk about it. Oh, no. Go for it, Cam. What do you got? Yeah, no. Niners by a million. Okay. <laughs> any reason? I got Niners. Yeah, I got Niners uh, because they're a better team. Their uniforms don't week. matter. What? Uniforms don't matter to you. Uniforms mean nothing. Go back and I mean, history. they absolutely matter. matter. Everything matters Super Bowl week, so it matters. It's got to matter in go some back. capacity. All right, go back and, and look at trends of, of colors, and you'll find no uh, correlation. There. Patriots win when they wear the whites. That's just a fact. Um, all right, so like I said, it is Super Bowl week. We've made it. End of the season. Very sad, but um, we're here. So I had a few storylines that I'm watching out for because this is always a media frenzy. You know, the entire world has their eyes on the Super Bowl. Um, I think one of the big ones is Kittle versus Kelsey, the two best tight ends in the league. So um, I we've talked about it. Uh, I think most of us have Kittle over Kelsey. I hate Kelsey personally. I think he's a giant dick. But I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking that they're both going to play some sort of part. I think that Kelsey might play the bigger part just because that – Mahomes kind of threw to him a ton in the AFC Championship. Uh, any thoughts on it, guys? Um, I'm hoping that Kittle plays a bigger part in this offense this week because, believe it or not, I'd like to see Jimmy Garoppolo have to throw the ball for once in his whole playoff run. I'd like to see him have to earn this win versus just get given to him by the run game. So I'd like to see Kittle become part of the offense because the guy's electric and – I'd hate it if it was just them running the ball the entire game. I mean, I think I, the thing is he was a big part of it in his blocking. People never talk about the blocking. That was yeah. a huge problem for the Patriots this year. Losing Gronk's blocking was was massive. The run game was basically non-existent. But um, other other storylines, I have Jimmy G. And, uh, you know, he didn't throw in the NFC Championship, so he's going to have to show up. And uh, just selfishly, uh, Belichick... People have been talking about if he was rooting for him or against him. I think he's rooting for him just to show that he he picked another Super Bowl winning quarterback. So people forget he has two rings, though. He does have two rings, but <laughs> this one I think will mean a as little a quarterback. More. Yeah, <laughs> we've got uh, Montana's two teams. They're playing against each other. We've got a 50 versus 25 year drought. Uh, we've got a high powered offense versus stout D, like we've talked about. Um, any th- any other storylines you guys are really watching for the Super Bowl? Uh, Andy Reid just getting his first one. That'd be big. That'd be big. Uh, yeah, the the coaching matchup is huge to me on this. I think these are two of the best minds in football, and I can't wait to see how they plan it out. Well, I think you have to give the advantage to Reid just because he's been around more. And Shanahan, we saw him choke the last time he had it, twenty-eight to three. Everybody knows that story. But um, I think Reid probably gets the advantage here. No. Yeah. Um. And then I, I, I just took down some keys to the games. So I think the biggest key to the games is both the quarterbacks and then the Chiefs D and the special teams. Here's why. The Chiefs, the, the quarterbacks, Mahomes is going to have to come out quick and fast and not like 
puts around like he has the last two playoff games and has kind of been, you know, slacking. And I don't think you can go down early to this team and expect to have a good game. Um, Jimmy G, obviously, threw it eight times in the NFC Championship. He's going to have to do more because they're going to be ready for the for the uh, the run. I think the biggest storyline is the Chiefs D because nobody thought they were good and they showed up last week against Derrick Henry. What are you guys thinking about the Chiefs D coming up, Dale? Yeah, I was the same way. I was very much on board for the 49ers D being way better, but after that showing against Henry, it's kind of I don't know, make, gives me more faith in the in the Chiefs on this one. I think they I think they are are better. I mean, you think the Chiefs defense is better? No, no, the the Niners. Okay. I think me they're too. still better. Me but too. I, but I think the Chiefs D has surprised a lot of people, including myself. What about you guys? What do you guys got in the Chiefs yeah, D? I agree with that. Um, the Chiefs D has gotten better. I think it's going to come down to them in the end. Um, I think I I have no idea how to game plan for this game. I think the fact that they ran the ball so much in the in the NFC Championship game is is bad news for the Chiefs because they knew that they could do that, but they don't know what they're going to get now for a game plan out of Jimmy G. They don't know if they're going to try to run it down their throats again or whether they're going to have to, you know, play a lot of pass defense. I think the key to the game is Tyron Matthews shutting down Kittle and then the D-line, Chris Jones, shutting down the run game and then everyone else just playing good enough to the 49ers don't get over, let's call it 28. Um. Yeah, I watched some highlights on Matthew, and man, he was all over that field in the championship oh, yeah. game. Oh my god, I watched the mic'd up video, and he was making plays every single time. So, Tucker, what are your keys to the game? What do you think about the Chiefs D? Uh, anything on the game? So, I think the Chiefs D match up better than the uh, 49ers D does. I just think the Chiefs defense right now, their biggest strength is their uh, run defense, which is the biggest strength of the 49ers. And I don't think the 49ers corners can keep up with um, the Chiefs. I mean, their first cornerback is Richard Sherman, and there's no way he keeps up with Tyreek Hill. They're going to have to put a bunch of zone coverages on there, and I think Mahomes can pick that apart. I honestly think that this is a game that's going to go Mahomes' way. I think he'll be really good against them. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you on that, Tucker, because it's – I think the Chiefs have so much, so many more weapons offensively that even if the Chiefs decide or the 49ers decide to, you know, try to stop uh, the pass or whatever, they're still very good at the run. If they try to stop the tight end, they can still pass it to Hill. So it's just, I think the Chiefs got too much going on. Going back to my wasted take, I'm very excited for the halftime show. I love Shakira. I love J Lo. And this is the first time that I get to really sit back and relax and enjoy the enjoy the show. The past few years, I've been sitting there game plan. I'm like, okay, we got to do this, we got to do this. Especially Atlanta, I didn't watch a second of that halftime show because I was so nervous. But I'm excited for Shakira. She's got some bangers. I mean, hips don't lie. Uh, uh, what's the one? Uh, Africa. She Wolf. I don't think she's playing Waka Waka or whatever the hell that song's called. That was the 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 uh, World Cup song. But I it think is she, football though to the rest of the. I mean, I guess. Um, <laughs> I I hope she plays She Wolf because I love that song. I bump that myself in the car constantly. Love that song. But it should be a really good game. I mean, on paper, it's a really good game. I'm just worried. The last time we saw like the best O versus the best D was probably 
like that it was hyped up that way was the Denver Seattle Super Bowl and that game sucked. I watched the first uh, half at your house cam and it was boring from the start. So it was bad. I'm rooting for a good game overall, but uh, I guess we can jump into picks. Um, like I said, rooting for a good game, but I got the Niners, man. Uh, the defense is just good enough, I think, to keep up with Mahomes. Um, and seeing the Chiefs start out slow two weeks in a row in the playoffs doesn't make me feel good about them. They're going to have to come out hot if they want to win. I think a big part of it is Jimmy G's going to have to figure it out. Uh, he really didn't impress me in the NFC Championship, but they're going to have to score. I mean, it could very well turn into a track meet. And I haven't watched too much of the 49ers this year, but I know their defense is good, but I, I have some questions about their offense and particularly Jimmy G. I like Jimmy G, but I still think that he can put up numbers and Mostert can be good enough and the run game can be good enough uh, against that Chiefs D, who who knows if they're going to show up that I got the Niners winning it. Um, I got the Niners winning, let's say, 24-20. Dylan? Who you got in the game? I'm opposite because I really think the Chiefs are a better team. I don't even remember what I said last week or the week before that. It doesn't even matter. After watching the the AFC game with the Chiefs, it was so remarkable how they could come back from that game and then the game before that, how they could come back from that game. So it's when they're down and out, they come back up, and I think – even if they do go down a little bit, they're still gonna have that faith. So I'm just I just think they have too many offensive weapons. So I'm gonna go Chiefs on this one. I mean the weakest part the weakest part of the 49ers is arguably their secondary outside of Richard Sherman because they're strong defense in general. I'm not saying they're bad, but that's kind of where you can look for a weakness. Um, like uh, I know that they have guys like Jaquiski Tart, probably my favorite name in the NFL right now. Jaquiski Tart, I love that name. Cam, um, who you got in this game, the Super Bowl? Uh, I got the Niners. I think it's it's gonna be close. I think so. I think the Niners like 35-31. And this is why. I like that score better than my score. I didn't prepare my score, so I just threw out numbers. Uh, 35-31, and the primary reason is because I. Picked, I bought some squares, and my numbers are five <laughs> for the NFC and one for the AFC. <laughs> Always so, got to be thinking about the, the money, man. Always got to be thinking about that aspect. It's got to be about the money and about the clout. So let's go 35-31. They had no problem putting up 37 on the Packers. They could have put up 59 if they wanted to. Um, yeah, I got Niners by four. Tucker, who you got in this game? I got Chiefs. I'm going to say... 38-31, I just think – I don't think they can keep up with the Chiefs offensively. I don't – I know that Mahomes is going to be under pressure a lot. I think the guy is great under pressure, one of the best QBs in the league under pressure. One, well, he's the, one of the best QBs in the league regardless of what's happening. But um, I just think he's a great talent, and I think he'll be able to deal with that defensive line, and I don't think – their um, defensive backs are going to be able to keep up. And, I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to be on the other side of the ball. Maybe Jimmy G will show up. Maybe he won't. I'm hoping for a high-scoring good game, though. Yeah, I think everybody's rooting for a high-scoring game, especially after last year, which, if you weren't a Patriots or Rams fan, I'm sure was an awful game to watch. It's Cam. pretty bad if you were a Rams fan, too. <laughs> Cam, what did you think of last year's bowl, just the low-scoring aspect? 
Definitely. No, yeah, the worst Super Bowl I've ever watched. The, the Eagles Super Bowl? Oh, my God. That was a great was game. Awesome. It was a great game. I'll, I'll give them that. The Chiefs are also wearing red, so they're going to win. <laughs> I think everybody's got to hammer the over in this game, right? I don't know. Oh, what is the over? No? Yeah. I have no idea what the number is. Tucker, look up the number real quick. Um, but I like that we have a split co- podcast. I mean, this might have some implications on our picks. Last week, I made the mistake of not men- mentioning our records for our picks. So I will go back and do that now. Tucker was 1-1. One and one. Everyone else was 2-0. and oh. That puts Tucker at 3-7. and seven, Me at 4-6. and six, Dylan at 6-4. and four, And Kevin. Uh, Kevin. Wow. Hi, Kevin. Wow. <laughs> and Cam at seven and three. I don't think I've ever messed up your name before. That was wild. But um, so this could have a big implication for for Dylan and Cam as Ooh. as to the winner. So uh, also I picked LSU. Yeah, if we want to throw in the college numbers at the end for a tiebreaker, we can do that because I, you guys I, might end up. You guys, what you guys are gonna end up talking about? Sure, might end up tied. End up with a tiebreaker for last. Well, you well you also had Clemson and I had LSU, so. That might work work out. I like the tiebreaker will be the natty. I like that. We got to figure out some terms about the losers and winners. Um, yeah. Oh, so oh, when I'm assured to be last, now we need to find out a punishment. <laughs> well, maybe just the winner then. <laughs> we'll do the we'll do the winner. Winner gets something. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, a kiss on the lips. <laughs> so, like we said, Pro Bowl this week, and nobody cared about it. So we've been I've been thinking about some ways. Cam, you uh, suggested this segment. Make the Pro Bowl fun again. How are we going to make the Pro Bowl fun? It was never fun before, so it's just make the Pro Bowl fun. <laughs> but here's here's the thing. So did you guys see the new rule that they tried out during this game? No, I didn't watch. Okay, well, I, I didn't know if you heard about it. but The 4th and 15? Yeah, so instead of onside kicks, since those never work and they're dangerous in quotation marks, um, there is a new rule that instead of an onside kick, you get 4th and 15. You bring your offense out. If you get a first down, you guys get the ball. If not, they get the ball. Where do they get the ball? I didn't. I didn't look that far into it. Okay. <laughs> I think it's probably from the kickoff line. So from the. Th- no, it's from the spot. Oh, it's so like it's it's on the twenty-five yard line. So if it's an incomplete, they get the ball on the twenty-five. So it's from where they kick off. Well, no, because like if they completed like an eight-yard pass and they get the ball. Well, the I'm confused. Then you're confusing me because if they score, if you score a touchdown and you want to do that play instead of an onside kick, where do you start from? 25. Okay, so it's from the 25. There we go. Um, I like that rule, actually. I think that onside kicks are unpredictable, and there was there's not enough of them, and the league is trying to take them away because they're dangerous. And there, I don't know what the conversion rate was this year, but it was low. Um, I just The thing I worry about is it's so hard to stop an offense sometimes, especially if they have the time to drop a play like that. Um but what do you guys think of the new rule outside of that? Um, I don't, that's just kind of stupid. I don't know. I can think of a million things to do before that. Um, my suggestion is you take the Pro Bowl from 10 years earlier and you get all those players from the AFC and the NFC <laughs> and you have them playing flag football. So you not have football, not tackle. So once you, you make, if you're a Pro Bowl, you have to wait 10 years for that to pay. <laughs> I'm off. betting on Brett Favre. No, 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 no. no. There's still the, the staying. The game still happens. Yeah, but 10 I, years I, down the line. I want, I want full contact. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, okay. So you make two games. Play. Right, and if you're in both of them, so like Peyton Manning or somebody who made the Pro Bowl one year and then 10 years down the line made it. Again, or that's a bad example. Drew Brees, say 10 years ago he made the Pro Bowl. He would play in the flag football game and this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I think get the old guys involved. Yeah, I would so, much rather watch. Tell me you wouldn't rather watch that than what we were just. Watching. No, I would. I would. But no, here's here's. I had a similar rule, which is just make it seven on seven. And people might say that, oh, that's that's uh, bad for linemen. I respect linemen. I love linemen. They're uh, an anchor of the team. Uh, unlike Tucker, who a couple weeks ago said, who cares about linemen? Um, but you make it seven on seven and you make linemen, you have like sets where you have seven, a, a group of seven linemen and they're m- mandatory to go out there and play. So you have a, a lineman, a receiver, a lineman, a quarterback. Just make it seven on seven with different groups. Um, I also have some of the most exciting parts of the Pro Bowl is when you have players dif- playing different positions. I yeah, understand yeah, it's not full it. contact. There should be a rule that you can't play the position you made the Pro Bowl for. So you got D oh, lineman at quarterback. What if you just switch? You got offense, DBs defense. a wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. You got a quarterback playing safety. Just th- craziness. Just all out craziness. And they should not wear pads either. That's another thing I have in there. But how about how about if they do like? Uh... <laughs> More than two teams are playing at once. Not like that. There's three teams on the field. So there's 22 guys. No, no there's there's like you could have two. You could have like two teams from each division, and then you'd match up, match up one v one or conference, whatever. One v one, and then the, whenever what somebody loses the ball, then another team hops. On. I am not following I this. I hate it, Bill. This is an awful idea. We're just gonna skip past. What that. about um? They play I'm brainstorming. Sports. Okay. I'd be more down for that. We get a softball game going on. We get light hoop. I think that's more of the skill challenge, though, because they had dodgeball. I don't want to see what they can do in football. I've watched them play. I know they can throw the ball. I want to see them hit a ball. I want to see them dunk. I want to see Odell dunk on someone. (laughs) He didn't make the pro. That's tough. Yeah, let's have a dunk contest and, like, a home run derby. Tucker, what what do you have to do? They need to do what um, the MLB used to do and – Winner gets home field advantage. Because I want to see guys caring about this game. I but nobody would because you're out of the game already. It's, he's like, what? if you're playing in the Pro Bowl, you're out of it already. It, you're not in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but for the next year. For the next year. And that's a terrible idea. So going back Why? to last week where we had. That people would try. Where we had you the conversation. like two-hand touching it. It was awful. Last week we had the conversation about which all-star game is the best. And I think part of what makes the MLB the best is because it's in the middle of the year. It's in the middle of the year. And like, and then NBA and NHL are both in the middle of the year. This is at the end of the year when everybody's like checked out. It's like I didn't make I don't, it. I don't. Think... I didn't make it. But I remember going back to it. Used to be played after the Super Bowl, and I don't think there was any reason to watch it then. But uh, Cam, what do you got? I wasn't even thinking of this, but yeah, the MLB does it with the old guys. They play softball and, and they make it shorter field. Why can't we do that in the NFL? I think they need to learn from other sports. I remember a few years ago, I'm the I. The 2012 Super Bowl, Patriots-Giants, I was watching DirecTV and there was like some special thing on DirecTV where they had a celebrity flag game um, where they had like celebrities playing flag in the sand. It was awesome to watch. They need more stuff like that. Um, Tucker, what do you got? The one funny part of the Pro Bowl that I had was the fact that no one wanted to hurt anyone, no one wanted to do anything, but then Kirk Cousins guy at quarterback – he was getting hit late. Like, they were, like, roughing the passer penalty. There was, like, one that should have been a roughing the passer with Earl Thomas just lighting him up after he'd already thrown the ball. Like, no one else even got touched the entire game, but people just don't like Kirk Cousins. No, they don't. Or they his, don't. Like me. His, I hate him. Or his 400 kids. I think – no, that's Philip Rivers. Same thing. That's Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, though, oh. going back to this, 
walking away from San Diego or L.A., excuse me, and L.A. walking away from him. They're saying they're done with him. And Cam said they've been talking to people. That means they know they have a plan for a quarterback, and that makes me scared. The, the door now, is open for Mr. Truly, Thomas. Yeah, Mr. I Thomas to come thing. in. I just looked at a prop bet on Tom Brady. Minus 300 that he's in New England. Put money on that. Put money on that. Absolutely. Minus 300 means if I pay five, if I put down $15, I only get five back. Put so money on it anyway. It. That's boring. Put money on it. Um, That's easy but Chargers. So I think Vegas knows something we don't because it seemed like it was 50-50 and now Vegas is Well, saying it seems it's like not. the Chargers know something we don't. I mean, if they're just happy letting him go or they're going to draft a guy. So who they're knows? probably going to draft a guy. Well, yeah, they're going to draft a guy, but I think that they wouldn't draft a guy. They wouldn't lose Philip Rivers to draft a guy. You always want to draft a guy and at least have him learn in the offseason behind true, somebody Cam. like Philip Rivers. So maybe they're going to draft a guy, have Brady come in for a year or two, and then have That's Herbert what I had said a few weeks ago, Herbert. Do we, do we know who else is a free agent for, for quarterbacks? quarterbacks? I don't know if there's a any big – there's not any big names though, is there? Is Breeze is, but he's going to resign. I mean, nobody's talking about him going anywhere. Yeah, how about a middle of well, attack guy? Talking about it that would be second. dope if he went back to uh, the Chargers, though. That'd be kind of a cool story. Um, but going back to Cousins, going back to Cousins, going back to Cousins is my. I I just feel validated because on on that rule change, the first time they did the rule change with the onside kick, Kirk Cousins comes out and throws a pick. I mean, I love that. I love that. People hate him. And I fi- I think I figured out why I hate him so much. His cadence is – his voice cracks every time he does the number and the uh, color. He His voice cracks. He sounds like a child. Cam, give me a good cadence right now. I, I might break the camera. Give me a cadence right now. I don't want right to do it. Give me a cadence. That's how a cadence should go. It shouldn't be black 10. That's what Kirk Cousins sounds like. I think that's why I hate him. I think I figured it out. All right. So, closing round, final round. I'd like to buy again. Oscars are coming up. Now, this might be the softest part about me, but I love the Oscars. Love them. I watch them every year. I I love to see the stars all gussied up. It's my favorite thing. I love it. So, here's what we got for our Best Picture uh, nominees. Ford vs. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Woman, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Now, I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Joker, and Marriage Story. I want to see 1917. Um, I plan to go see it in theaters, but uh, I've heard it's really good. Um, Have you guys seen any of these movies? I've seen The Joker and uh, one more. Two. Uh, once upon two. a time in Hollywood. Yeah, same. Uh, Dylan, you've seen none of them. I haven't seen any of these. There's a few on the list that I do want to see, though. Which ones are those? Joker, Hollywood, 1917. Um, okay, so I once upon a time in Hollywood is my favorite movie I saw this year. Cam, you didn't like it too much. I remember hearing. No. Um. Um. Yes and no. Let me explain myself. So. Going into that movie, I didn't know that it was about the Manson family murders and about um, Sharon Tate. So I was so confused as to what was going on. And I was like, I was like, what? Yo. I remember hearing that you and Ben had seen it and you didn't know anything about the Manson murders. And then like 
you had it explained to you, and you're like, oh, okay, I understand. Tucker, what did you think of Once Upon a Time? I mean, I also didn't understand it at the time. Uh, didn't really understand what her whole thing was about because I hadn't seen that movie. I hadn't seen, I had never heard about the Manson murders. Once I looked into it and saw the research, I thought that was cool. I mean, the movie was very Quentin Tarantino-esque, and I'm not a film snob, so I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it was good. I'm a, I'm a huge Tarantino fan, so I loved it. I think it was very Tarantino. Yeah, wait, Tucker, you don't like Tarantino? I do like Tarantino. I mean, he I makes just, movies I mean, that, that was, crowd pleasers. Yeah, yeah, he makes great movies, that's why. Yeah, so um, my mom is obsessed with the Manson murders, so I knew everything about them going into it. That was part of the drive of me wanting to go see it, so... I, I loved it. Um, I also liked Joker. Joker was good. I thought it was a little too hyped up for what it was. I think my number one is Once Upon a Time. My number two is The Irishman. My number three is Marriage Story, which I watched last night, which I thought was phenomenally acted. And it's about a divorce, a couple going through divorce. And there's some things I can relate to there. I won't get into it. But it's it's, it's pretty 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 good, pretty well acted. Uh, i like to see Kylo Ren step out of the Star Wars spotlight and get into something a little more serious. Um, so what do you guys have, have winning? Do you have any ideas on, on what will win? Um, hopefully once upon a time, that was, the, that was the best one I saw out of that and the Joker. And here's a take most people might not like. I thought that movie was terrible. Um, I liked Joaquin Phoenix. I thought he did well. I think other than that, I did not enjoy the movie at all. There wasn't one part where I was like, oh, this is, this is entertaining to me. Um, it didn't really even make me think as much as I thought it was going to, um, a little bit like, was that real or not? But that's about it. Uh, acting was very good, but didn't, didn't love it. I thought the plot was dumb to that movie. Just straight up stupid. Um, the fact that they made out the Joker to not like be completely different than what he is. They made him to be basically an idiot that just a crazy idiot in this movie compared to what he was is like a genius. Well, here's the thing uh, I, like, about me he's is supposed to be a genius and like the opposite of Batman. And like the fact that his hatred of Batman isn't about Batman, but it's about like his father it bothered me. The entire thing bothered me. I mean, as it relates to Batman, I thought it was stupid. See, it's, so not, I'm, it's not supposed to relate to Batman, though, is the thing. Yeah, so I'm a big Batman nerd. Like, I know a bunch of stuff behind Batman. This is, like, way playing, before Batman. Basically from playing, like, the Arkham games, which I love. Some of my favorite video games of all time. But um, I'm a huge Batman nerd. I know a lot about Batman. And I thought it was kind of cool to see a different side. The Joker really has no origin story, so you're kind of allowed to play with it. So I, I didn't hate that, but... I'll tell you what I have. I have my what I'm rooting for is Once Upon a Time. Like I said, favorite movie I saw, and um, 1917 I think will win because I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Um, I haven't seen it. Really want to. You can't Love go war movies, but you can't go wrong with a good war story. No, Americana. yeah. Yeah, love it. It's I really want to see it's about that. England. I think, but who the hell cares? It was World <laughs> War One. USA um, baby. So who do you guys have winning? Just give me one more time. Uh. Once again, Hollywood. Once okay. Upon a Time in Hollywood. Tucker? Um, for me, it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just because I thought Joker was extremely overrated. Uh, let me just throw out uh, the actor and actress in the leading role because that's always the two of the big ones. So we have Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory. Haven't heard a word about it. Leo in Once Upon a Time. 
Adam Driver in Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes, which I haven't heard too much about. I'm rooting for Leo. Obviously, Leo's a stud, but I think uh, Joaquin will win it. What about you guys? I got Leo in a landslide. Not only do they owe it to him to give him every Oscar from here on out, um, he was playing. He was an actor playing an actor, which is very difficult to do because he had to not only act as Rick Dalton, but he also had to act as... Uh, Jake Cahill. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So, and he had to put on an accent. It was two different guys. Um, good job. I think, is is Brad Pitt best supporting actor? Is he he is. I, I, that was part of what I had written down, is to see them sweep would be electric. That'd be yeah, awesome. No, they crushed it. Both of them. Scarlett Johansson love- is also nominated as lead actress and support actress, which is pretty sick. I mean, you talk about having a year. But Tucker, who do you have winning this? I think I have Joaquin winning it. Like, although I did say that I hated the movie, Joaquin did a great job in what he was supposed to be. I didn't like the plot at all to the movie, but in terms of like how he did it, he was incredible. I mean, he's a fantastic actor, and I think getting the Joker role just puts you at a huge advantage in general because it's such a like it's such a high ceiling role to have. Uh, Dylan, who do you got? I've always loved Leo, and I think I've I've watched some clips for the uh, Joker, and I thought Joaquin was like ridiculously good in the role, so I'm probably gonna go Joaquin on this one. Yeah, it's it's probably the safe bet here. Um, so actress in the leading role: Cynthia Ervio in Harriet, Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, Cerise Ronan in Little Woman. Charlize Theron in Bombshell, Renee Zellweger in Judy. Now, I've only seen Marriage Story, so I'm going to go with uh, Scar Jo, and she's beautiful, and I have a big crush on her. Um, but my Oscar insider, shout out Tim in D.C., he says uh, Renee's going to win it, she, he thinks. So that's what I'm – I'm just going to go Scar Jo because she's the only one I really know on this list. Sure, Scar Jo it is. I haven't seen any of those movies. Uh, Renee Zellweger was – the fish in Shark Tale, though. She so was. He's got, a shot. <laughs> he's got a shot at it. Tucker, same same kind of deal here? Let's go with it, sure. All right, Dylan, same thing? I don't care at all. All right, well, that's Wasted Takes. Um, thanks for getting wasted to, for, with us. What Jeez. was that? Thanks for getting wasted with us. I think I've talked a little too much baseball tonight. But um, just want to say, obviously, it's been a tough Tough couple days in sports, so, uh, you know, life is precious, so uh, I know that we are just kind of doing this podcast to mess around, but thank you guys for doing this with me. It's been a lot of fun, and it's just you got to do stuff in life that uh, makes you feel good, so thank you guys. That's it. That's episode six. See you later. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.